Well, the weather app on my phone said changeable slash dreary. <laughs> dreary, really? Mm-hmm. It says dreary sometimes, which I love. Yeah, that's a value judgment <laughs> on the weather. <laughs> yeah, I've real. learned not to that judge. Just, that just yeah. comes up naturally when you're um, you're set to Ireland. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, well, the weather. Yeah, not even the weather. It could yeah. just be dreary. Your yeah, life really. will probably be dreary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not true. Uh, it's not true, no. no I think no. Irish people feel that more than other people. Yeah. Ireland, probably. Yeah, well, they're delighted to be here. Speaking <laughs> yes. of delighted to be yes. here. Delighted to be here. We think, without trying to put words in his mouth. Yes. Um, I was trying to think about what we should, um, all the, what we should call you. Well, you're a writer. Yeah. Ad man. Yes. Um, my father. Re- recovering ad man. Recovering ad man. <laughs> yeah. Recovering yeah. Republican. Yes. Um... Which we can talk about now. Sure. Because there's lots of good political stuff happening. And my father. Yeah. Michael Gates Gill. Yes. And also, I think you have to say, since we're above Krugan's Castle Bar, you know, that I'm a recovering member of that group of people who convinced themselves that it was an essential part of life to drink every day, to excess. Yeah. And I was so fortunate that in my time with. Patty Cavanaugh, who is mainly in McDade's, but everybody else, Mars Nagopoulin and Brendan Bean and all the great groups, that they really were able to combine incredible conversation with incredible amount of Guinness. Yeah. It was really uh, it was so exciting as a young man. Like I, I, Did you need to imbibe the same amount of Guinness for the conversation to seem incredible well, by the end of the night? No, the great thing was like at McDade's, you know, uh, Paddy Cavanaugh would be in there early. Almost, I was living out uh, in Ballsbridge, so I'd walk into town. By the time I got there, it was like ten thirty or eleven. But you know, yeah. Not, but he'd already be there at a stool and holding uh, his these big hands, you know, across his chest and going, "Oh dear God, oh dear God," you know, like. And it was like became my early morning music because no matter how badly I felt. You know, how hungover I was. I looked down the bar, two or three stools, you know, with his glasses that were sort of broken and his cap pulled down. And uh, at that time, he still, oh, he only had one lung and, you know, it was, he, he, he but he, he shared his, talk about uh, misery, you know, yeah. he shared it with the, and it made, you know how sometimes your heart lifts when you realize, well, someone Someone is in deep distress here, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. so then there was a Paddy O'Brien, who was a manager, he, and he, was, he had that sparkling personality, the gift, great gift, you know? Yeah. Red-faced, but, but quick, intelligent, and a great smile and fun. And so what will it be, Mick? And he, my name is Michael, but he called me Mick, you know? And I said, well, a pint, you know? Because it was a great pint house. Because, of yeah. course, there was no uh, heating of any kind in those days. In fact... The story was it was originally, McDay's was originally a funeral parlor or something, but they had orange walls that actually perspired with cold. You know, you could see the damp yeah, coming yeah. down them. And, but it made it a great pint house in the basement, of course. And then Patty would pull the pint, you know, step by step, 20 minutes. So, <laughs> 20 so, minutes? Yeah. Each, each, and, uh, you know, I was told, of course, is this 
American visitor that you didn't want to rush it, you know, yeah. <laughs> and a, such coming over from a civilization when rushing was a way of life, yeah. you know, where we were supposed to dart through the streets of New York and run over any little old grandmother who wanted to get a cab or what did you, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. great. So we just sat, but to, so to come into that, that very, and I, as an Irish American, uh, just in a, as an aside, and I think Annie warned you, you wouldn't be able to get a word in edgewise. But, you know, I'm not only delighted, I'm so shocked to be here with my beautiful daughter, Annie, all dressed up in. And, and, and uh, you know, my, my ancestors, my, you know, say Bridget and uh, Michael Gill, the original ones, you know, just uh, 150 years ago, right at the time of the potato famine, they were so, so eager to get out with the, their lives. You know, my grandfather, even, I remember him, at a meal, he, just to make us not forget, he'd say, you know, the song that he heard when he was a young boy about, just give us three ears of corn, mother, just three ears of corn to keep the little life I have to the coming of the morn. Because the English had all these big corn granaries and oh, they were yeah. starving. Yeah, you don't hear about the corn as much as the potatoes. Yeah, but the, well, the English kept the corn because they didn't want the, the, the price of the market to drop. So right next to starving little children in the hedges and the roads was this huge amount of food. And he said, the, 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 the crumbs they throw through their dog's mother, because you know the English and maybe even the Irish love dogs more than people, but the, <laughs> the crumbs they throw to their dog's mother, the crumbs they throw to their dogs would keep the little life I had to the coming of the morn. So these gills who were in this a place called Drumsna on the Shannon River, they were so fortunate, they felt themselves for, to make it from the Shannon River to the Connecticut River, where they had a farm and then my grandfather, uh, you know, worked his way up and became a doctor and all that, the American experience. But it's so shocking and surprising and delighting for me to say, and here's my daughter, here's the direct descendant of yeah. these people who just got out with their lives. She's creating such a wonderful life here in Dublin. Now it's... it's Back again. Give me just three more likes on Instagram yeah. and I can make it to the morn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But also, the whole feeling of uh, Dublin in my day, you know, talked about that, because as an Irish-American, I was going to say, I expected it to be full of, you know, our Irish-American movies about Ireland, like the Silent yes. Movie, but Jane, yeah. you know, there'd be singing in the pubs and joyous, dead silence. And I realized that with Paddy Cavanaugh and with the others, uh, it was like a, almost a religion with a pint. You talked about the, taking the time. Yeah. I mean, it was dead silence. And the only time people, someone, if someone started to sing or even whistle in McDay's, Patty O'Brien would come down, oh, no, no, none of that here. I mean, there were singing pubs, and, but that wasn't McDay's. McDay's was an altar to the art of drink. Yeah. You know, it wasn't to be confused with, oh, we're going to have a song. or you know. So it was very serious men, much of them older than me, in dark overcoats, usually damp, over dark overcoats, almost steam coming out of them, having a drink, mm. and and that was that was really the the focus. And then the conversation began in a couple of hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> so by the by, by the lubed up. no one worked. Yeah. I mean, if anyone, went, there was a guy named John Ryan who bought the Bailey eventually, and he had a literary magazine. But I remember this, and there's another fellow, and he'd go off every so often because. His father talk about the rising. I think they used to talk in those days. Someone did well out of the out of the thing, and uh, his father they had Ryan bakeries everywhere. So he he said, "I got to go sign some checks because every so often he had to disappear. He used his money for a literary magazine and other things." But yeah, uh, but the thing was he disappeared and came back. But if someone left to do work, 
it was exactly the upside down of America where, you know, you're always perceived to be, you should be working hard. <laughs> it was like, you can't trust he that was, man. No, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. And when he disappeared, no. he'd be so, you know, he, by the time he came back, he, he was reputation would be destroyed, you know. <laughs> For example, uh, uh, Gaynor Christ, who was the ginger man, you know, he was a, a great regular right. there. But uh, Dunleavy, who wrote that down, didn't drink. So Dunleavy would take a notebook and write down all the activities, the McDays and Grogan's part, you know, and all the, and he made a great you know, success of it, which was another thing in Ireland in those days, that's not acceptable. I mean, here's a guy from America named Dunleavy. I mean, he was the son of a fireman, which is okay. You know, he was on the GI Bill at Trinity, but to write it down and then not be a drinker <laughs> yeah. yourself. I mean, like yeah. he was not, he was not except, you know, where the fellow, the ginger man himself who died of alcoholism, he was a hero, you know, oh, you, he was a great American, you know, red haired fella. That and, came out in the fifties, right? Yeah. And it, it was seminal. I mean, and that's why I grew up sort of, and Brendan Bean, when in my day, he, he had already had a show before I came over to Ireland called The Hostage in New York and London, a great success. And my father, Brendan Gill was a writer for the New Yorker. He always wanted to have a success on Broadway. So, you know, he introduced me to Brandon Bean. So here's this magnificent person who's written, a, you know, a, a worldwide success and funny and great songs. And, but he could out drink anybody. I mean, like in my, yeah. even in and, your... And that was his goal. Yeah, so I mean, it was... He liked to do it. You know, and I m remember meeting his parents, Kathleen, and, you know, they were all uh, being, in, you know, they were all so proud of him, even though there was <laughs> repercussions for that level of life, you know, that he might die young. But he was uh, sort of my role model. You know, I never was able to equal his capacity for either wit or drink, but that was sort of the, the McDade's and Grogan Castle Bar of my youth. Um, yeah. And it should, we should say also that you, you were here from 1963 to 1966. Yeah. And I mentioned to Dad in an email last week that he was here for the 50th anniversary of the Rising, and his uh. reaction was, was I? <laughs> yeah. You know, well, so it, was, it might not it have been such a big deal in yeah. the well, uh, yeah, past few weeks. Yeah, it was, so, it was just, one, once again, that quiet, like Grafton Street, there was still traffic, but there would be yeah. one old fiddler, like, you know, once again, I'm talking from a 22-year-old, say the guy was in his 70s, an old overcoat, playing in the rain, you drop a, maybe a penny in, you know? Mm. And it was like no young people because that, that generation couldn't find work in Ireland, right? So there was yeah. as few Trinity kids or students I knew, but aside from that, there were no young people on the streets of, you know, I'd, I could hear my foot, my own steps, say, walking down Grafton Street to McDade's. I could hear, there was nothing, there was a great silence. So even in the celebration, so-called, because they had a celebration of uh, Roger Casement's body coming back to, and you know, but it was very dark. And I was as surprised as a young American who'd studied Joyce, and you know, our professor said it was the greatest work, uh, you know, in, in literature ever. Yeah. And I, we studied it, you know, for years from high school, college, and, and that it was censored. You weren't allowed to read it in mm. Ireland. So it was, it was a whole, you know, it was an upside down from my feeling of what Ireland might be like this place that cre created Joyce, you know, in Dublin that he loved so and had in every page that we studied so hard yeah. that he wasn't allowed to be read in the land of his birth. Yeah. Um, and the other um, sort of, you were here when um, they blew up Nelson's column as yes, well, weren't you? Yes, were you? Yeah, 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 my father was visiting and, uh, you know, because he, he, I'd, 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 I'd taken early retirement. After college, my 
successful grandfather, this Michael Gill, his mother Bridget, had insisted he become a doctor. In those days, you could become a priest or a doctor in an Irish family in America. Yeah, yeah. So he became a doctor. I mean, he wanted to, you know, he, so he graduated, he did very well. He was a scholarship uh, student at, at Yale. In those days, you could wait on table and make it, and he became a very successful doctor. And, a very, uh, and he gave me some money, and he had died, so I said, I think I'll take early retirement at 22. Two or three or whatever after kind college. Kind of what Mark Anton and yeah. I have done as well, though. <laughs> you know, I said, well, you know, and I rationalized. You know how you were, you're young. You could. I said, you know, he would be so proud that I could be able to take early retirement in Ireland. You know, yeah, uh, where he left as such, you know, and his family had left so desperate, and he'd come back and given me enough to be, you know, a gentleman of leisure in, uh, in a sense in this in the country. Yeah. So that's why I arrived in Dublin. You know, saying, okay, I'm gonna, I have that gift that I could. Just wake up and say, what would I like to do today? It turned out I'd like to walk in McDade's, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but at least that was the gift I was given. Yeah. And then, but I, as, once again, I was so surprised. But my father came to visit me after a couple of months because he wanted to see what, he had never really spent much time in Ireland himself, you know. Yeah. Uh, he'd become very successful at the New Yorker magazine and become, you know, the celebrity type of uh, literati. They used to call it glitterati, you know, because... He was great friends with Jackie Onassis and Ernest Hemingway and all these people. And they, they were the toast of the town in those days. It was like, if for some reason, there was a fusion of literary and and sort of what you call today mm. celebrities. Yeah, well, and, the literary people were the celebrities because there wasn't yeah. as much television. There. And Dorothy Parker yeah. and uh, people yeah. that Annie still likes, uh, you know. So uh, he came over just to see, well, what is it? Why, you know, I think in the back of his mind saying, why is your his son in Ireland? You know, just like, a, you know, for... and. Uh, a lot of it, we you didn't go into a deep death. It was drinking. It was a great place to drink. You know, we didn't. But my father, so he arrived at the Gresham Hotel. So that very night, say three o'clock in the morning, boom, the Nelson Pillarb <laughs> goes up. But also, this is the kind of thing I think that the change between Irish Americans and sort of because you know he knew the Kennedys. All the Kennedys were like, they didn't worry about you know, the Irish Rebellion and the. I mean, they were almost like everybody else. Like my father had gone to you know, Yale and everything. And so it wasn't like in their minds. But yeah. that biggest point, he came down the next morning, he said, oh, I guess. but he said, in his mind, it was because by that time he knew Bean, he said, well, you know, because Bean would always say, the IRA can't do anything right. He said, my father said, they only blew up half the pillar. <laughs> and then he took 11 pieces back to New York and they were, everybody wanted a piece. Really? So it was a very, it wasn't like uh, the tragic life that, you know, was being lived actually still at that time between yeah. Colin supporters and Di Valera and, you know, the sad, the, you know, the, the actual trauma of the whole. It was for an Irish-American coming yeah. over, sort of, oh, he, he liked that. And he brought back and he was in the column <laughs> saying, you know, Brendan Gill's come back from Dublin with pieces of the Nelson Pillar and, you know, Jackie Nessus can't wait to put one on her window. You know, in other words, it was yeah. like, wow, it, it was a whole, it's not like our St. Patrick's Day parade used to be, you know, I was looking forward to our St. the St. Patrick's Day parade Dublin, yeah. dead silence. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah. it was like a religious holiday. In New York, it was like a time for everyone to get... Party. You know, kiss me, I'm Irish. You know, yeah, and, yeah. You know the whole... America wanted to be Irish in those days because Kennedys were so admired and just the whole feeling of the films and the songs was... Everyone would love to be Irish, you know, whereas in Ireland itself, it was still struggling under the thing of, I think, the sadness of the trauma of, of the 700 years. You know, I compare it to some child has been abused when they're young, they actually take on the guilt and the feeling maybe they were to fault some way. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, so there's that, 
that feeling of maybe we don't deserve, you know, maybe it is our fault that all these yeah, terrible we, years of oppression happened. So they were still struggling through to the light. Today, I don't sense that. You know, <laughs> I don't sense that guilt. You know, and Eddie went over to Trinity for a college. She married a real Irishman. And yeah. Guess what, Mark? You won't be surprised to discover we we found out he's descended from the kings of Ireland. <laughs> Is yeah, he now? Really? Yeah, Tara. Yeah, he's a direct descendant. So, like, well, you know, because we always thought of Eddie as a princess in our little world, but now she married Absolutely. a king of I'm Ireland. Really. Yeah, yeah, he's just a king, king in waiting. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting, but it's a whole. And different... if you met him, you wouldn't doubt it. Just looking at him, he just no, no, has really. It. He, no, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's, a <laughs> it's a crown of a head very... ready for. He needs a crown. <laughs> really? Yeah, what is he missing? He needs a crown. Yeah. Crown of something. <laughs> yeah, but it is fun, isn't it? And I never would have anticipated in in my lifetime that a, a country could change so much in such a positive way. Yeah. yeah. That the streets in Grafton are now full of young people, and they're moving fast, and they're having a great time. And yeah. Annie, I haven't been to a not a, a you know I went to Fumbly's yesterday for breakfast. You know, Dad's and, doing the hipster tour of Dublin. Yeah, you know, but also he's <laughs> an Italian guy. You know, everyone wants to be here today. Annie. Instead of you know yes. saying I want to be Instead in, of, she said I want to be in Dublin to live, and mm. I want to raise my child. She's going to have a child in Ireland. So mm. this is the first. Now the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, no, yeah, we know that's that. A Gil board in Ireland because she want of all because she's lived in L.A. She's lived in New York City. She's lived in London. Yeah, but of it's all fun those to be places, about, like I'm not here as well. You know, <laughs> but it is it is profound though that you know of all the places she's lived and has family and relations in those places, she says I want to raise my child in Ireland and in Dublin because it is the best place to be today. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, Mark Canton hasn't left either, so no, I feel like until Mark Canton decides leave. to leave. Yeah, well, Mark, <laughs> did, you, so you, do you, did you have, because that's a different change, you know, because in the old days, of course, everyone couldn't wait to go. No, Mark is old too. He remembers that. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> just but, a fact, yes. But do yes. you, do you have friends or... Because a lot of other people came back, like Matthew Lloyd and other mm -hmm. people, you know, sort of said, "Wait, wait a minute, I'm, I, you know, I wanted to come to, but I think I'll well, go back people, to I think people talk a lot about, you know, Ireland now being in a recession, and so the last, I don't know, seven or eight years that a lot of young people have been leaving. Yeah. Um, but I suppose there's still an influx of people from from other places. Like my flatmate is from Lithuania, and yes. she's like, "Well, there's no point in going back to Lithuania because there's just nothing there." Like, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that also kind of the, the you know in New York Times front page, the story about the rising. You know, in other words, and the referendum last year was front yeah. page, and in every broadcast, yeah, every yeah, you know, yeah. so you're having hundreds of millions, maybe billions of people aware of Ireland as leading a cultural place. You yeah, know? we've always had. Well, I suppose with the the emig emigrants, you know, we've always had a kind of quite a large fan club. Fan club, yes. yeah, media <laughs> yeah. presence, you know, yes. and and. But that's something like that we've talked about before, though, as well, is that the Irish diaspora or people who live in Ireland from America have Irish backgrounds. There's this thing about the Irish immigrants that always want to go back to Ireland, or this idea that Ireland is wonderful. Whereas I don't think other immigrants, like Russian immigrants, German immigrants, even Italians, really, don't have that kind of like yearning to get back. Really? Whereas like Irish people tend to always want to get back or talk about getting back and all the songs are about getting back. Whereas everyone else, you know, Italians maybe have this idea, but I even think they were like, no, we'll stay yeah. here. Yeah, most of the yeah. songs that were created when they, you know, that they'd sing would be, I'll take you home again, <laughs> yeah, Kathleen, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, was, it was, or Galway Bay, all the American, they were written by 
you know, Americans in Tin Pan Alley, they called oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they were all this... Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I was reminded coming here, too, it is a very wonderful place to live, isn't it? I mean, it is a milder climate. For example, we had snow in New York <laughs> when yes. I flew over the other just the, yes, yeah. the other day. And, uh, it's merely dreary. That's It's just dreary. Yeah, just dreary. But for, uh, <laughs> so now look, the sun's endangering back out. Your life. So yeah. literally in the past <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes, the sun yeah. is... We Well, it's uh, April showers now. Yeah. Um, nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Do you get April showers in other parts of the world? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, normally it wouldn't snow in New York right now. Normally it would be just be getting a bit rainy. Be a bit yeah. cold and rainy, but not like snow, not like three inches of snow. Wait, it snowed right now? It was. It was snowing yesterday. <laughs> Baloney. Get that. Yeah, and a few weeks ago it was 70 degrees or something, wasn't it? Which yeah. is probably about 16, 15, 16 degrees here. Yeah. So it, this is... Beautiful. It's crazy. Yeah. Climate. Climate change, people. Yeah. Let's yeah. get on it. So why it's are really you having a child here, Annie? I mean, it's, it's a little public discussion, but, you know, we're um, among friends, I'm sure. Because I, I live here. Yeah. yeah. It makes it easy. Yeah. Keep everything together. Yeah. Um, I, I think, though, you know, that... You can't ask the King of Ireland to leave. Exactly. Oh, yeah, right. Like, that <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's sense. not like a, a poor yeah. gil, a peasant <laughs> trying <laughs> to get out. Yeah, Prince you're right. William had his child in the <laughs> States. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, it just wouldn't on. be... No, you're right. That. No, I know that explains it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. No, I live here, but the child will have a, an American passport as well. Will be American too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. spend enough time in the States. Yeah. I'm assuming it'll have an Irish accent though. Yeah. We'll see. That would be fun. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No one has ever said, "Oh, look at that kid with the cute American accent." Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Like, no, all dude. the time. Yeah, here, really. Oh, look at that cute Irish accent on that kid. So that's yeah. why I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a sense of music in an Irish accent that you don't. Most American accents are pretty flat. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I sometimes think of. I don't know if it makes any sense, but like an Irish accent kind of being like a Bowron. Do you know the uh, Bowron, the Irish yes. drum? Like yeah. it kind of goes up and down. Talk How's it going? Yeah. 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 Has a little, yeah. Whereas the American, I think, is just a lot more snare yeah. drum. Yeah, you're right. Or a monotone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And maybe the Germans are more like that. Yeah, you're right. I like that. You can. You should make that into a cartoon. Okay. No. Draw, draw that draw um, that Mark Canton get me on Kickstarter uh, we'll get, to pay we'll get for this cartoon yeah. some funds yeah, yeah, yeah. to make a cartoon yeah. Yeah. Um, so dad we're going to ask you some general knowledge questions okay. from the board game Trivial Pursuit oh. I don't think of you dad being much of a game player no no you don't really enjoy and I wouldn't games. say I was regarded as the uh, uh, my sister someone uh, you know that Pooh Bear story or yeah uh, and uh and my sister, uh, Holly, said, well, you know, Pooh Bear wasn't so bright. So uh, I like to think of myself as not having a lot of book learning. Yeah. But, but, but Dad, uh, I other I person might say, I, you're not, not the brightest bear in the woods or whatever you want to but say. But, Dad, I think have, you know a lot of stuff. I, I know yeah. a lot of stuff, but it's a bit, it's a, you know, flotsam and jetsam. Of, yeah, of you have a lot, a lot of life learning, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, I yes. like that. That's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. you know a lot about history and history. I, I know about, but I'm you not can tell the stuff about Patrick Kavanagh that's not written in the history books. No, you're right. Yeah, and he or was carried home by this woman named Kathleen. God bless her. You know, when I was in Ireland, everyone, everyone, you'd mention anyone who had gone to heaven, yes. you'd always say God bless them. You know, which was I think a nice because when you're thinking of people, it's nice to say, and they'd always say 
like uh, when we when you leave with McDay, Patty O'Brien would always say, "God bless," you know, because it would be, you know, like yeah, the original goodbye was "God be with you," but there yeah. was a "God bless." There was a. Yeah, you know, there was a sort of the negative of the censorship, but there was the positive of the actually all believed in uh, in God or a divinity in some way that which is whether it was uh, pre-Christian, it could be pre-Christian in a lot of ways. Mm. But they like uh, Patty Kavanaugh, I think, had a deep sense of the land as and the whole, which is reflected in all the Irish poets, you know, forever sort of, yeah. and that sense and the miracle of being alive, right? But his. Um, the woman who was who loved him in the last couple of years, named Kathleen, thank God she was strong and she literally carry him home to the couple of blocks away yeah. that he lived. You know. Yeah, where did he live? Just uh, near near McDade's, which was key. Okay. Is but that was, is that what did for her? Well, I I think that was he was you know the other thing I discovered that the words are sacred in Ireland. I mean maybe yeah. because of that once again, uh, it's sort of like. Uh, how do you preserve your culture where you're not allowed to speak your language or you're not yeah. allowed to own land? But, the, you know, the poets and the writers, the scribes mm. were, and, and there was a, I mean, yes, Patty, you know, there was a, there was sort of a, but there was a deep respect for him by everybody. I mean, yeah. everybody. But he McDay's. also wasn't, I mean, what I find amazing is that he was, by the time you got here, a yeah. very famous yes. poet. And yet yeah. he was allowed to sort of sit there and, drink his life away and yeah. get drunk every evening and be carried home. And But no yeah. one ever was ever, that was the other great thing, because in America you can easily be accused, accused of being a drunk, you know, even if you have two or three drinks yes. and you try to go back to work. No, 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 you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, th- that word was never used about anybody, you know. No one, I mean, <laughs> well, the worst it, thing you might hear is that so-and-so had a drink taken. You know, that's the worst, but it was never blamed. A you fish know. has no word for water, I suppose. No, if right. everybody's drunk, yeah. then nobody's drunk. But also you know? there, was a, there was a merciful, you know, uh, Annie and I, are, I mean, aside from my Irish thing, I'm also related to the Puritans, the pilgrims that came to America, you know. Yeah. And, and it was all about, you know, uh, like they said, <laughs> even sleeping was, you know, the devil makes work for idle hands, yes. you know. And that whole thing of judge, talk about judgment of the weather. They judged and the first question any Americans always ask is, what do you do? Well, when I came to Dublin, I was living here six months. No one had yet asked me, and I don't think <laughs> they ever would. What did you, they weren't, they were, there's not in the Irish so just Celtic, what do you have? Celtic or the ancient, you know, it's not part yeah. of, it doesn't define you. Who, yeah. It's who you are. Can you talk about the weather in an interesting way or or the heck with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, what do you do didn't come up in the conversation. <laughs> and, and I think that's a deep respect for, for, uh, Paddy Kavanaugh is that the, the words, you know, his, and same with uh, Brendan Bean. I mean, they knew all about the, the challenges or Dominic Bean, you know, who, who, you know, with the, the Patriot song or whatever, you know, they knew the challenges of that life, but they were very proud. Like, uh, I think he was really in some way to the fellow who wrote the national anthem, you know, who was also a house painter. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's sort of like yeah. Kathleen and, uh, you know, Stephen Bean, Brendan's parents, were very proud of his success in America and the world. And, and I remember the BBC coming in to interview Paddy Kavanaugh. You know, but every but the Irish have a sense of humor too, don't they? So it's not just some, some respect; some it's do. also <laughs> a sense of humor about reality, if you will. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not an accident. We flew under what the pilot called deep cloud cover. You know, we're living in clouds here. You're not living in reality. You know, there's a cloud that you are. You walking through a cloud, or are you walking through? You know, there's so. But there's none of that. Well, what did you do? I remember I going to a celebratory 
dinner for David Rockefeller, you know, one of the Rockefeller. Yeah. He was 90-something. Is this in and, New York? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was with uh, your mother there. It was for, you know, he was great preservation or something, but they celebrate this. So he, he got up and, you know, it was like 6, you say at 8 o'clock at night after dinner, maybe at 9 o'clock. He got up, so he's going to speak, and he's 90, say, 5. So David Rockefeller's first words are, he said, I, I went to work this morning. I went to the office, and I got some things done. Oh, standing ovation, standing ovation. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a different culture where you get a standing ovation for you spend your life in an office, and that was something that deserves a standing ovation versus maybe you wrote a few words that yeah. had a resonance with people. Yeah. And Seamus Haney was the same way when he, when he visited America. You know, he'd sing songs. He, and there was such respect. Once again, it, it wasn't what you did, but but if you could convey life in words and song, yeah. then you were worthy of uh, deep respect. But going to the office, you know, David Rockefeller, okay, what did he do? He spent 93 years, he went to work every day, God bless him. But, you know, no, that wouldn't be the Irish cultural achievement. No. Yeah, and where's no, Patty? No, no. And Brandon B. and all the people, Miles Nagoplin, you know, he'd come in with his little hat. He'd come in very quick, and he wouldn't talk to anyone, you know. As I said, Paddy Kevin was very, you know, he was expansive, and he had opinions like my father knew Robert Graves, another poet, and, and, and Paddy would say, hey, he's nothing much, you know. I mean, he'd had an opinion about everybody. <laughs> you know, he wasn't like not cosmopolitan. He read everybody. He knew everybody, yeah. you know, but he had an opinion. So he was expansive, and, of course, Brendan Bean was like a star, right? He could walk into, and he could sing and make up songs and make up jokes. On the, on, and so that was, but uh, Miles Degopoli would come in with an overcoat and a little hat on, and, you know, someone would point it out to me, you know, there's, but he would almost never interact. You know, it was like mm. he was on a mission to get his drink and get out. Yeah. And uh, but God bless them all. And it was a fellow in Grogan's Castle Bar. Jordan is a professor, <laughs> but he was like, how long? And he knew everything. Once again, these people are are sort of so literate. You know, they read everything, they knew everything, but you also knew that his life was really involved in drinking as well as speaking. You know, it, it wasn't like uh, these were cathedrals to the art of drink and li life, entwined in one, fused together. And uh, that, that was for an American boy who grew up in this more or less, what do you do? In other words, go out and be at your office. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, a revelation that I'm still uh, grateful for at that age, right? That there was a different way to live. Yeah. And tell me this, did you ever think about going into politics? Because you could do one of the best filibusters uh, that the Senate yeah. has ever seen. I think. Yeah. Well, Annie, Annie, I think toward you, she said, it won't be a question of will he, you get, will he talk? It'll We're be will you can get it. No, I, I can do a great like, filibuster. Are we going to get to the card? Okay. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the question from the card. Okay. This oh, yeah. is geography. geography. Unconsciously, I guess I've been avoiding this. <laughs> yeah. I've been if avoiding this all my life between ourselves. Yeah, the actual knowledge. We're all playing that's, together. That's why I went into advertising, because you didn't have to know anything. You could just pretend. Yeah, you could bullshit <laughs> yeah. your way through yeah. it. But, Dad, you don't, we're all playing together. Yes. Okay. So you don't have to, you know, okay, this I'm isn't ready. all on yeah. you. The pressure's okay. not on. My heart's beating faster now. I know. Go on. Okay. How many, I've already seen the answer to this, so I won't okay. join in. How many of every 10 Honest. people who start up Mount Everest never come back down? Whoa. That's mm. depressing. How many of Out of 10. 10. I'd I mean, say, it's a guessing game. But like now, it, so this card was probably written, what, 10 years ago, maybe? 
I think it's because I'd say recent. it's higher now than it was. Really? Why do you think that? Because now it's become kind of a tourist attraction. Become... Like you can spend fifteen grand and get to the top of Everest and get back down again. Yeah. Like it's it's there's a highway. There was a whole article. You know, they built in little stairways and things like that on the higher peaks and like I mean on the higher on the Hillary mantle or whatever it's called and yeah. So I think it's I think I think it's probably. I don't know. I'd say every two in 10 doesn't make it, maybe. Okay. I mean, it's still Any, dangerous. It's still not, you know, it's not like going to Disneyland, but I think it's common. Any guess, Michael? Uh, one. One in 10, two in 10. Correct answer is one. Wow. Good job, Dad. Yeah. Well done. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever uh, climbed a mountain or done any extreme pursuits like that? No, I've been very careful. I was going to jump out of the plane or something at one time, and then... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. After George Bush Sr. decided to do it, you Ooh. thought you maybe could do but it. But the highest risk thing I ever did was go with Annie and uh, my other children on a, a, a road trip. I told, oh, yeah. I told Annie, I said, you know, I, for my se- this is my 70th birthday, I said, you know what, the greatest thing would be the presence of all of us together. And when I, they were growing up, I discovered it was really good when you're traveling in a car, you can overhear them and catch up with them yeah. in a way you couldn't otherwise. Yeah. So... But Annie said, we're not going to go in a station wagon, Dad. You know, it's only going to be a re- recreational vehicle, they call them. Well, because there yeah. were like five adults, and it's not, that's not casual. You can't drive across <clears throat> the United States for two weeks in a <laughs> station wagon. <laughs> not so, with me, anyway. They, and know. also, yeah, yeah and... Uh, well, not with it. I mean, yeah. with, with all of us. None well, of us had spent that much time together yeah. back-to-back in yeah. years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we rented an RV, but the mistake we made was that we got a giant... <laughs> RV, you know, like a proper big oh. truck as opposed to just a little one. What yeah. we really needed was like, you know, a little one that had a fold-out bed and a bathroom and, and that was it. You know, something you could go for about four or five hours in and not have to stop and yeah. people could, you know, you don't have to stop for the bathroom and people yeah. could lie down and blah, blah, blah. You weren't, you weren't actually sleeping in the, like well, you weren't no, staying we, in there, no, were you? No, we would stay. So probably two or three of us would stay every night in the in okay. the camper van and then two or three would stay in a motel mm-hmm. you know we'd get one motel room and one yeah but towards the end uh, it ended with dad driving into old town santa fe in this giant truck where there definitely we were not allowed to drive with this vehicle down these tiny roads in santa fe and he checked us all into the fanciest hotel in santa fe and said this is it we're here for three nights just get used to it <laughs> like, <laughs> we're he, hit done. A, he hit a wall yeah <laughs> Yeah, really. It was really, uh, but that was scary because Annie took over. Where, you know, we, we drove out in typical American. They give us a 20 minute video on how to yeah, drive. This is how you drive foot, this truck. You know, high. And yeah. they say, don't go over bridges, you know, that, or bridges that are 12 feet or, you know, yeah. and then we're, we're driving on the New Jersey Turnpike, one of the scariest. I mean, they're huge wrecks. Thousands of people die every year. And Annie's on the wheel. Makes it sound like Annie Everest. was a great <laughs> natural athlete at school. You know, they go Annie Gill, Annie goes. She's a great soccer player and all that stuff, football, whatever. You know, but in lacrosse. But she her she was white knuckle driving because the air conditioning had failed. We had to open the windows. It was so These hot eighteen wheel trucks are all like and we're being blown over the road. <laughs> and you know, here I am sitting next to her. You know how your parents want to take care of their children. You know, yeah. I never seen Annie so scared, and, and I was twice as scared. You know? <laughs> You know, it was terrifying. We it was all, really, we were risking our lives in this ungainly yeah. thing. It almost, the whole trip almost ended in Washington, D.C. Really? that night. Was so, almost, that was it. Yeah. Climbing Everest <laughs> slash that driving was, around the, the New Jersey was Turnpike. Highest, it was the highest risk. I mean, yeah. could have, it would have been over if one of those, if we You might Annie, not need oxygen, yeah. but it is not safe. Yeah. 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 Next question, please. Okay, next question. This is entertainment. 
By what foodstuff was the Cleese family name originally known? Cleese? Oh. Yeah, I actually know the answer now. I've is remembered. this John Cleese? Like, as in yes. John Cleese? So His, it's an English food product. Yeah, but actually, it's kind of a trick question slightly, in that they, he, the, the family name used to be different. Was it cheese? Yes. <laughs> Jeez, John Cleese's father changed his na- surname in 1915. Yeah, he w- would have been John Cheese. John Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yes. yeah. But Cleese, I wonder how you go, you know, I guess that makes sense. Well, you know, the Gill name, I'm glad you asked that, Mark. Because <laughs> <laughs> Loch Gill is the biggest lake in Ireland, and Lake Isle of Innisfree, which you wrote about, of course, is in right. Loch Gill. Most yeah. people don't know that. So I'm glad to share it with your larger audience mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, Loch Gill is worth visiting even, in Lake... Even though it is worth visiting. It's in Sligo, um, but that's not really where our family was from. Are you glad of the surname Gill, or yeah, I'm have so you ever grateful wanted another one? Because the oldest... Uh, my, my daughter... Uh, uh, Elizabeth, who also lives here, uh, she's into yoga and, and Sanskrit. You know, the oldest words in Sanskrit, like kiss and other ones, you know, are are, are short. And right. the same thing is true, like, there are lots of McGillicuddy's and McGill and whatever, yeah. Scottish or English are, but Gill is one of the shortest four-letter words. God bless us, you know, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's short, short but fast. also what yeah. I discovered um, about our last name when I was traveling in India alone, and I showed up to this one place, and they said... The guy gave me a sort of funny look, and he said, you're not Indian, are you? And I said, no. He goes, you're not Punjabi. And I said, no. That, no. Even with a really good tan, I didn't think <laughs> yeah. I could pass as Indian. And he said, oh, I was sure that you would be, because your last name is Gil, and it's a Sikh name. Like, a lot of um, Sikhs from Punjab are called Gil. Yeah. And a lot of them are also known for having blue and green eyes. Like, they're very fair and have blue and green eyes. Mm. And Gil also means to speak or to talk. Mm. And I will leave it with that. In 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 that sort of area, the yeah. Sikhs say like, that's what it means. But a lot of the gill is a. So I said either a very loquacious Irishman found his did way they, down to northern India. Yeah. Did they? You. They now use that word to mean to talk a lot, um, now, based after, upon after somebody meeting. else's travels. After yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've heard tell. Yeah. He really gills there. Um, <laughs> this is history. What status did scientists downgrade Pluto to in 2006? Oh, so sad. Yeah. It's just now like what a giant rock or something. <laughs> I don't think it's a giant rock. What's like I don't know the actual official term I for it. I think it might be a dwarf planet. Oh, oh sad. sad. And probably politically incorrect. <laughs> yes. Really. Dwarf planet. Oh, sad. No, that was a mistake. They could have thought it through a little more. I think cuz how small would you person, feel a small person yeah. planet well or just you know to talk about we go a back wee, to, a wee planet words have such power yeah yeah we planet yeah that it has a feeling of of cheerfulness to it or they just could have called well, it a big dwarves, rock dwarves you know yeah. can be cheerful yes snow white and the seven dwarves no no i'm they not were against dwarves i mean but in america we wouldn't be allowed <laughs> no, to yeah, use yeah, the word yeah. anymore yeah. you know really i know it's yeah, amazing yeah. Well, it's just they're that. you know vertically challenged yeah, you know, that's the kind of thing, you know. Small, yeah, like well, they do. It's little little person now. Little person. Yeah, person. I like that the little people. I think the little Celtic. What I heard, you know, I told, I said, the uh, Yale Alumni Magazine asked me what I was doing in Dublin. I said investigating pre-Christian religions, 
But I did, it, it, to that the screen, I, apparently the original Celts or whatever were very small, dark people, you know, before the Vikings turned, oh, yeah. them, in, turned them into the, you know, much red hair. Like, much like blonde. Mark Hanton himself. Yeah. Small, dark hair. Yeah, 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 really, you're getting there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you were just a little bit, because the leprechaun, it's like the dragons being dinosaurs, you know, where they, yeah. sort of the yeah. leprechaun might be a precursor of what the little people, which were magical and the true druids and that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, I have an affection for little people. I don't like anybody thinking of them, you know, less because they're less. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank goodness. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, have you ever been interested in, in astronomy? Uh, I had, I've, I've always been interested in stars, you know. And uh, you, you just pointed at your daughter when you said stars there. Well, Annie, uh, we did a, I don't, it's not exactly astronomy. We had this book oh. that I got that was so prophetic about yeah, what creepy. Annie was like. Yeah. So that was more s- astrology. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm not too good at words like that. Oh, yeah. No, but no astronomy. You are, the, but you always went into the sky and yeah. that kind of stuff, but I not know, I love, Yeah. But I don't really understand. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, uh, and I have no idea of how we all relate to everything. You know, I, I have that. Uh, anytime uh, I'm by the sea or look up at the stars, I realize I know nothing. Yeah, you know, but thank God, uh, I'm also. Uh, well, I think Sheridan said the Irish were given the gift of knowing the world is mad, and yeah. all their wars are merry and all their songs are sad. You know, but I'm I'm given the gift of knowing I know nothing. You know, and it's a, yeah. it's a freedom, isn't it? I mean, don't you find when you look don't at the stars? Don't you because you know nothing? <laughs> I know lots. Yeah. See, Mark I'm is the, Mark is the original little, little Celt who is full of wisdom you know, and has a pot of gold of wisdom for us. Yeah. I thank God someone at this table does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought when you pointed at Annie and said you've always been interested in stars, I thought you were referring to her as the star. That she is were... the star of our family. Yeah, yeah. She was a star from early age, and uh, it was that. so clear. Like you know, at birth. But by the way, one of the things I do know very well is that people literally arrive. I mean, they are God given because they arrive with their own personality. Yeah. And you can look at siblings, and you can look at, meet the rest of our family. No one has the star quality Annie had, and even at a school play, there was a, a poet. Uh, playwright named Thornton Wilder wrote a famous play in America called Our Town, you know, and Annie had a yeah. small role, but she was charismatic, you know, charismatic means that I got light. to stand on a very tall ladder to deliver my lines, so I feel like <laughs> yeah. that might have No, but it was a, what they call it. a showstopper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. From an early age, as soon as she arrived, within minutes of arriving, it was clear she was in charge of our lives. Yes. And so we've all more or less done, I'm here today. Just to be completely brutally honest, as they say, because Annie said, "Dad, you're showing up with Mark, and we're doing this." And yeah. yes, I. There's only one reaction to Annie is yes, <laughs> yes she I is will. the star. Yeah. I would like to have. And we're just I, happy to bask at her. If we could, if we could just like have everybody who's listening understand that if that's the best way to handle me, just, yes, just yes, say she's yes. the star. Yeah. Just do what just, she says. Just do what I say. Um, we are now moving on to arts and literature. You being a writer, this is your yeah. specialist topic. Oh, this is this. I think you should get who panicked Americans with his radio version of the War of the Worlds. Oh yeah, that was our great uh, cheerful person Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah, and he was so great in so many films. But uh, you know the. He did the Citizen Kane is his famous one yeah. about this American, which is so typical. We just of, watched it recently. Yeah, and did it's you? very mm-hmm. true about like 
sort of how do the how do the American elections work? You know, with all this yeah. media attention and yeah. and all that stuff. But no, he Orson was, and he's such an endearing character. The Third Man, he was brilliant in it too, which is. Yeah. In, uh, I've never but, seen the third man. Yeah, but he had a gift. He had a gift for words and imagination, and combine them. You know, and also I love him because uh, he overate to such a degree <laughs> that you know, just like uh, say. By the way, I don't think Brendan being killed himself through drink alone. I mean, his his parents told me that he had a di- he was diabetic, so that was why. Because, you know, they didn't want anyone to think that you couldn't drink like that. You know, it was just his diabetic. And Orson Welles, but he definitely, I think, brought on a relatively early death through a huge amount of eating, which I admire also. You know, God bless him. (laughs) There's an interesting story. You can find it on YouTube that Orson Welles tells about. He had an afternoon off for some reason. He was in this hotel. And so he just, he put a sign on the door. He put a sign somewhere saying, um, uh, Fortune's Red for five dollars or something yeah and people would come in and he had all the tricks of cold reading you know how to how to um, suggest things to people and have them confirm them without you know and then you tell them stuff and so uh he knew these tricks and um person people come in one after the other and say this you know you have an auntie who has a limp and all these kind of things and they were like that's amazing and then he'd say ah that's actually just a trick and um, don't believe any of this kind of stuff. But then he found that without even using the tricks or without even, even thinking about it, that when someone came in the room, he would know stuff about them. Huh. And he said, that's when it gets dangerous. Yes. He was like, then you start to believe in yourself. Yeah. Uh, that you do have a magical power to, re- you know, to, that yes. you, there is some spiritual thing or something. So, uh, yeah, that's when he stopped. He was like, okay. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Yeah, because I feel I have a psychic power too. Do you? I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so and it's a real struggle for you, isn't it? No, but I mean, (laughs) it doesn't mean you can. It doesn't mean you can help yourself with it, but you have an intuitive power of understanding what. Yeah, and sometimes, are. though, you tend to tell people exactly what's going on with them when they might not necessarily want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Eddie, Eddie yeah. has lived through that. that. I've seen yes. him, I've seen him um, at parties with friends of mine or my siblings, you know, happy young people, and they'll tell him, he'll ask them a few questions and they'll tell me a few things, and then he'll basically say, well, you're doing the wrong thing with your life. Yeah. Nobody, you got to get out of that job. Yeah. yeah. And that's not really what the person wants to hear at that, no. yeah. that moment. Yeah. Or, but, you know. Or like, you know, dad's saying, what did you say? You got to, the, the funniest one was Matt Heck. You, you got to change your name, man. That's what's dragging you down. Yeah, That's really. why you can't get a yeah, job. Really. The advertising man to me, he's got a, you, you got a name like Heck. No, no, no. You got yeah. re, to re-examine that one. Yeah. yeah. I, um, there is a guy who's involved in the improv scene and he works in marketing, I think. And uh, he's just fallen in love with my name, Mark Cantan, because I'm like, I can uh, to remind people actually you can tan because I say think of it like a sentence I'm slightly tanned for an Irish guy Mark can tan and then people can remember that name he's like that's brilliant yeah everyone should have a name that you know but oh no it is it is brilliant also you're making a mark yes you know which everyone at the end of the day wants to leave some mark you know so you're doing it my parents did my parents left a mark on this world Mm -hmm. yeah you're Mm -hmm. right there you go Let's, speaking of marks on the world, this is science and nature. Uh-oh. Which is the most commonly broken bone in the human body? Ooh. Ankle, wrist, or collarbone? Oh, very good. Whoa, I was going to say either wrist or collarbone, but ankle. I would guess wrist. 
because you're falling and you and put you out your put hand out your to hand. stop yourself. Yeah, yeah. My sister's broken That's, both of her wrists, so yeah, I feel like wrist. I broke something in my wrist. Did oh, you? Yeah. I'm, Dad, have you ever broken a bone? No, I've never. No, uh, thank you for asking. Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is only twenty minutes, but it's a very interesting twenty minutes. <laughs> Good. Oh, I would say wrist as well. Yeah, yeah wrist. Oh. Yeah, let's go with the wrist. Okay, we're all guessing wrist. We are all wrong. Oh, no. Ankle. Ankle. It's hard to believe. Mm. It is hard, no. but I guess twisting ankles. Yeah, I guess so. People mm. just, yeah. But you still think you get, might get a wrist as well on the way down yeah. when you're twisting your ankle. Um, I know I've never broken a bone either. Don't start doing that now. You'll break your knuckles. I know. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, I have a funky pinky. A funky so pinky. So that might have been broken. Does that not straighten? Stage. Not really. Mm. But I don't know that it was broke. It's just not like I can't really keep it straight. Oh. It's a bit sore. It went a bit straight. Okay. Yeah, but that's all. That's yeah. all I got. My, whereas my sister's broken one, two, three, four, five bones. Wow. Yeah. But Annie's a great athlete. She's one of the few athletes in the family as well as a star. Mm. She, so you, I think so you maybe. move. You're, you're Although, more aware. Because yeah. mm. poor uh, we ha- uh, Annie's uh, sister, is she going to be listening to this? <laughs> but we, but we had, she broke you know she was so we she broke so many we had to say the only sport you're doing is olympic yoga like you know that. because she couldn't you know every time she got on a ski she's slope just, or, yeah. it's just interesting like she's just more breakable somehow yeah. Yeah, i think some people yeah. are more you know like i know people other people who break bones all the time yeah. just by yes you know i don't you broke Falling you had a rib place. broken on an exciting dance move right yeah i did oh yeah, really yeah how did you do that? A friend picked me up to swing me under his legs, wow. but he just smashed his elbow into my chest and cracked wow. a rib. Didn't break a rib, but yeah, no, cracked but a rib a few times. That's a worth at least a chapter in your memoir. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, it was sore. There's a few times I feel like I should have broken bones. Yeah. You know, a few things that have happened where I go, that... Maybe you just have strong bones. Have, I might have yeah. strong bones again. And map balance, it's all about, you know... That dance move, you're blaming it on your partner, but It'll people be... who saw it have a very different have a very different <laughs> yeah. story. I, yeah. yeah, I wasn't Ooh. used to being picked up and thrown. Yeah, under. yeah. no, I mean you yeah. have your story. Stay, stick to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, my brother's also broke. Charles broke yeah. his leg. That yeah. wasn't great. Yeah, how do you do that? Uh, soccer, playing soccer. I think yeah. also when you're like Laura hasn't broken a bone since she was growing. I think when you're growing, and if you're growing at different, like I grew very slowly. I grew right. all the way up until I was like almost 19 years old. I grew an inch my first year in college. So I think if you grow more slowly, whereas Laura and Charles both grew more quickly, like they grow spurts. I think your bones maybe are more delicate. Maybe. If you're growing. Also, you probably are less coordinated because you're less used to the length yeah, of your arms like and being legs. A, being a puppy. Um, yes. Charles got run into and he, my mom was going to collect them at soccer camp and she saw the ambulance coming down the road with all its lights flashing and she pulled <laughs> yeah. in and the rest of the kids from the carpool were waiting and mom opens the door and our friend sam andrus gets in who's a few years younger than my brother charles and mom goes gosh i just saw the ambulance sam i hope that wasn't anybody i know and sam goes it's actually somebody you know very well <laughs> so mom had just this happy little voice like it's funny you should say that he was delighted with his joke so mom had to drive the carpool to the hospital then well, and dad you spent the night with charles in the yes hospital, yeah, yeah 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 not something that dad is not a fan of anything medical that has to go on. Yeah. So. Oh, really? I'd rather not know about it, you know? Yeah. Really? It's, it's, it stood me in very good state, uh, denial. Yes. You know, about yeah. not looking under the hood, that kind of in cars or yourself, you know? Yes. That kind yes. of thing. Yeah. Just don't want to know. You know, people ask, how did you get to be 103, you know, considering <laughs> Grogan's Casa Bar and all that stuff? Yes. 
And I said, well, it's a series of things, but I think the most important thing is not going to a doctor. Yes. Because the doctor will find something wrong. You know, God bless them, but, they, they, you know, poking <laughs> in the, and especially today, there's something matter uh, yeah. that they can occur. So it's better to, to just do the best you can, you know? Yeah. There you go. Well, speaking of sports and injuries, this is Sports and Leisure. Uh, it actually might be better if it was sports and injuries. Coming down on the leisure. Okay, this is going to be tough. Uh-oh. Don't say that. If you already own Trafalgar Square and Fleet Street oh, no. in Monopoly, uh-uh. what property, property do you need to complete the set? I don't know. This is British Monopoly. Yep. And also, I hate Monopoly. I'm going to guess Oxford Street, just because Fleet why not? Street? Trafalgar Square. Oxford Street's a very good guess. Yeah. Because they're in the same general area. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they've got to have an Oxford Street in there somewhere. Any guesses? Uh, have James, you ever lived in St. James London? Park. St. James Park. Yeah, I passed through London. It was interesting on my way to retirement in Ireland, you know, at yes. 23 or something. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, I found... Uh, and you were there this Christmas. Yeah, but I, you know, it's, it's, a, it's still a... Uh, I think a country that's uh, struggling with uh, their role in the world, in a way, you know, mm. because uh, they say about the English, you know, after Suez, they went from being Romans to being Italians, you know, because they realized that they, and the right. Beatles and the music. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I feel like uh, my own sense of uh, Dublin, I mean, through my daughter's here and everything, is the sense that it's in a state of becoming something that is better than ever rather than struggling because they lost their empire for like England or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a sort of like a happier place than it's ever been, which is wonderful to feel. Yeah. So you, you know? don't feel that way about London? No, I think London is still struggling a bit with, well, first of all, uh, just uh, between us, they hate Americans. You know, <laughs> deep, there's a deep city, but it's a sibling rivalry kind of thing, you know, yeah. where we got a, a freedom and then we're seen to, why should we be running the world? They can't quite, you know, and they really yeah. do pine in their hearts for the time when, you know, they ran India and well, Ireland. We, when and I was just down in Portugal, I, we asked Sergio, my Portuguese cousin-in-law, like what, what are the Portuguese most proud of? Like, what yeah. do the Portuguese hold up as this national pride? Sergi goes, it's so sad. Like, we basically are still back in the 16th century when we yes. were, like, r- running the <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Because and that's the, sort of what we're most yeah. proud of. Yeah, and yeah. the France, you know, with, uh, instead of saying, you know, Napoleon was their last winning general. And, well, of course, Wellington, who was the last great, uh, in, in, you know, born in Ireland. Is, but, yeah. uh, but, you know, it's sort of like, so you get a sense of, you know, it's a wonderful play in many ways, obviously. But what I love about Dublin is it's a creative, being created today, what it will be. And that's why I think it's attracting people from all over the world and saying, this is the place to be, rather than in London or Paris, you know, the old empires. This is the new kind of way to be, maybe, which is not an empire that you want to control mm-hmm. the world, but a place that you want to live creatively yourself. Yeah, I suppose our influence on the world has been through giving things to people. Yeah. Like, here's some literature, here's, here's a, a band. Bit, here's a bit here's, of literature for you. Here's a bit of literature <laughs> yeah. for you. Here's, here's a some music. And, and here, uh, Do you want a jumper? I've got a good jumper for you. How do you pronounce that? Uh, Annie introduced, uh, what was his name? Is his name Bono? Bono. Bono, see? <laughs> to uh, to uh, Clinton, right? So I did. But no, he, they were together. I just, uh, I bumped into them. Oh. I mean, I was, yeah. So it's, but I mean, he, he was in, he's an example of, you know, he's everywhere, but the Irish are everywhere in that sense of, once Can't again, words down. and songs and 
and sort of creative areas versus trying to, and I think that's the exciting thing about Dublin and Ireland today. Yeah. We still don't have an answer. Yeah, I've just looked at the answer. Disappointingly, oh. it's oh. Strand. Oh, boring. Oh. Who yeah. would guess that? Yeah. Come on, Strand. strand. Yeah. I always forget the Strand. It's such a grand name for what is actually a very boring road. Yeah, I don't even know what, where the road is. It's, yeah, Charing Cross. That mm. was one of my favorite songs that I learned over there, you know. Oh, Mary, this London's a wonderful sight, you know, where he talks about their, you know. Oh, Mary, this London's a wonderful sight. There are per- people here working by day and by night. See, very different. There, you know, <laughs> when I there I went when I walked on the strand, he stopped. Oh, you know, he's talking about they met young Denny O'Dwyer. You remember young Denny O'Dwyer, of course. Well, he's over here with the rest of the force. I met him one day as I walked on the strand. He stopped all the traffic with a wave of his hand. And despite his great powers, he's wishful like me to be back where the dark morn sweeps down to the sea. So it's sort of like, you know, that, that was London, you know, being busy yeah. versus the Irish sensibility, which is there's a, there's a, a river and a sea and a land to, to be attached to. If, if anyone, um, I think everyone listening, hearing our guest early on in the show would have guessed at some point he'll probably break into song yeah um, and give us a, a yeah. treat and there's a when I get a sing in honor of Brendan B and he says the bells of hell go because all these people are, have left us you know the bells of hell go ting-a-ling-a-ling for you but not for me oh death where is thy sting-a-ling-a-ling or grave thy victory so here's to all the old spirits and ghosts that have given us so much and here's to the new creative generations to come yes fantastic kapow um, is there anything that you'd like to plug well, I'd like to uh, say that you and Annie, I would love to plug you for doing this podcast. And, well, and if you're all, listening to this podcast, do please listen to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. Please share it. Yes. And you have yeah. a book. I, I have a, well, I wrote a, the, my best-selling book was called I, How Starbucks Saved My Life. Yeah. And it's, if anyone wants to be reassured that the American dream is maybe not the best way to live. Yeah. Because <laughs> it it's about my being fired after, at a bit, from a big advertising job and then having a lot of other difficulties and uh, being diagnosed with a brain tumor and, you know, blowing up my family in bad ways and, and being broke, which is a, the ultimate sin in America. There are other sins in Ireland, but being yeah. broke. In, and so happening into a Starbucks store one day and being offered a job and finding, uh, I would have to say, really a, a sense of purpose <laughs> in being able to sweep and clean a bathroom really well. Yeah. I'm still struggling with making complicated drinks. But anyway, how Starbucks saved my life is, a, I think, a, a helpful book for people to be reminded that it's not the external status job so much as if you can serve someone in the simplest way, like just giving them a cup of coffee, it might be a happier life. Mm. Very nice. Um, We are doing some stand-up, Mark and myself, on the 12th of April, which is Tuesday, next Tuesday, if you're listening to this in real time. Um, April 12th, 2016, 6 p.m. 6 in Books Upstairs. Books Upstairs, 10 or in. Oh, yeah. Should be some good comedy. Yeah. Um, I can only speak for 
Mark Canton, that his will at least be amusing. <laughs> I have not written mine you yet. You hope. I haven't written mine yet either. So <laughs> but it'll be great. So you guys should come down and watch that. Good. Watch that happen. Um, <laughs> there's a video online of the 1916 improv that we did uh, last week. So find that. YouTube.com forward slash Mark Canton. Um, mm, that's it. Maybe. That's it. Yeah. Thanks, well, Daddy. Well, thanks thank for being you on so the show. Much, Mark and Annie for... For having me, I feel honored and grateful to and have been And now we're going to have to go back out in the rain, oh, unfortunately. It's just started raining yeah. again. The great Irish weather, which is always <laughs> worth talking about. <laughs> yes. Until next time. Bye. See ya. Yeah.